0: Oh, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Oh, come rise to our feet. Let's take our declaration quickly so that we can get into the teaching for today. If you are coming for the first time, pick a copy of this. You will see a black box at the bottom. Just um, that's our that's the declaration we are going to take. Please, it's a, it's a declaration. It's not what. It's, a it's not a whisperation. Thank you. I was supposed to declare. Are we ready? All right, let's start. One, two, let's go. Now now I, I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I've been filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing Him in all respects, I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 That's a good declaration. And that will be your experience in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please, can you do me a favor? Bless three people around you. Just turn around and say, you will be blessed today. The Lord will speak to you. Tell the person healing is your portion. Divine health. Release of abundance breakthrough of all sorts in the name of jesus christ all right let's take our seats the lord is good let's open our bibles today to continue learning how to build up our faith and we are going to take um well i just like to do a bit of reading at the beginning in fact from next Saturday, next week we're going to change the pattern of uh, doing things so we're having a proper bible reading somebody will come and read it It's very good. All right. So let's open our Bibles to the book of Psalms. Let's start from Psalm 118. I'm going to read from verse um, 15. And I'll stop somewhere along the line. Let me just see where I'll stop. Where I'm going actually is uh, 19 to 21. I just like to take things a bit uh, from before that point. It said, The sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. David said, I will not die, but live and tell of the works of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. In verse 19, he says, open to me the gates of righteousness. I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord He said, This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. I shall give thanks to you, for you have answered me and have become my salvation. Let me just read verse 19 again. He said, Open to me the gates of righteousness. I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. That's verse 20 the righteous will enter through it. Let's just, because we are talking about this, quickly read what the Lord Jesus said about that in Matthew chapter 7. The book of Matthew chapter 7. It said, from verse 13, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, for the gate is small, And the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Now, please notice that this is just what we read from that book of um, Proverbs chapter 118. Sorry. The book of Psalms 118 just a minute ago. That is, there are different ways to do things in life. There are different methods for getting results. One of them is called the wide gate. Another one is called the narrow gate. One is called the broad way, and there's another one that is the narrow way. Now, those are those two. They go together. You know, the narrow gate and the narrow way, and the narrow one is called the gates of righteousness. The narrow gate is a gate of righteousness. Please bear that in mind. All right. Now, there's another thing I want to, another scripture I want us to read. What Paul wrote to Timothy. These are just the introductory scriptures. We'll now go into the, the teaching. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, second, uh, second Timothy chapter 3. Now for time's sake, I'm just going to pick this from the middle. I need to include the very v- verse I'm looking for. Let's start from verse 14. We'll read to verse 17. He said, you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of that is, as opposed to evil men and imposters who are progress, progressing from the bad things to the worst ones. Who are being deceived and are deceiving others. Unlike them, he said, you continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of. Knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings or the scriptures. Which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Please follow that. He said the scriptures, the holy writings give the wisdom that produces salvation. He said all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. For training or instruction in righteousness. So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. All scripture is inspired. It produces wisdom so as to bring forth salvation in our lives. Now please bear these things in mind. Now these are the scriptures we are going to use to start this. I have a few other ones which I will refer to along the line. For example, Paul referred to faith which works by love. We'll go over the story of Ruth again. We, are, we can't learn enough. Please, let me just say something. As we are teaching, we'll refer to some other messages. A good student will go and go to those references. We have a series titled, The Gospel According to Ruth. I'll pick for a few minutes what I taught there for about three or four uh, meetings. I'll put, put them together in a few minutes. Okay? And so, it would be better, if you that it will be good if you can go to that series, The Gospel According to Ruth, and listen to the whole series. All of these things are available on our website. And they are available for free access. Now, what are we talking about? Remember, it's a continuation of how to build up your faith. You need faith, so tell your neighbor you need it. You need faith. Tell your neighbor you need, you need it. Tell somebody else you do. You need your faith to be intact. You need your faith to be big. You faith to be... Say without faith. without faith. Say it again to that fellow without faith. You can't please God. Can't please God. Without, faith, without faith, you can't get results in this life. You can't get in this life. Without faith, without faith you, won't make it to you won't make it to heaven. That's not a joke. Tell you your neighbor, without faith, without faith the, plan the plan of God for your descendants will not be fulfilled. Will not be fulfilled. Turn to somebody else. <laughs> Say oh boy or old oh girl. Oh boy. Oh boy. I mean, that's your senior. I want yourself <laughs> <laughs> to Somebody older than you, oh boy. I can't say, oh sir. <laughs> 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 the <Lord> is good. <laughs> so, that the person, what else, what else can you do? How else will you get, your How else you get your results? Say you need your faith intact. You need your faith intact. You need it built up i said tell the person one more thing. It can't remain on the same level. The, same level. The, faith the faith of today must be stronger, must be stronger and greater, and greater than, that than that of yesterday. Listen, that's the will of God. That is the will of God. Life is a battle of faith. That is, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Many people are fighting the good fight of congregation number. Many people are fighting the good fight you know the good fight of more money. People will make a lot of this we see make decisions. Change location, change profession, change relationships, just to earn more money. Few will ever do it to boost their faith. People will save up money. The man will take his wife and his children and go on holiday. Favourite spot these days, Dubai. And they think it's reasonable. And you're talking a few millions down. A man, a wife, three children. Even if Emirates is doing promo. And they give you 300000 per person. That's $1.5 on ticket alone. Then you pay for accommodation. Then you shop. How can you go to Dubai and not shop? The only thing you do in Dubai is shop. Make a long story short, you budget like $2.53 million to give the family a holiday. And when you come back, You feel reasonable, you know? You feel good telling people about it. But if if people hear that there's a seminar or one particular prophet is coming to town, it requires you to carry your wife, your children, and go to Abuja. Everything costs a million. You'll be there for one week. You know, for most Christians, it's ridiculous. Bring me the tape. That's a good one, though. Those who are interested, bring me the messages. It does not cross our minds that we can actually take that one millionaire if we could afford it, go there. You say, I I would have gone. I don't know anybody in Abuja. Who do you know in Dubai? (laughs) The Dubai you went, who do you know there? You don't know anybody in Dubai you went? You don't know anybody in London you went for your holiday? Oh, we don't know anybody apart from the lions and the hyenas. But we go. Know the truth? Most of us don't take spiritual things seriously. We don't. Our sense of value is poor. Very, very poor. And we think we have faith because we can recite scriptures. I've been saying it again and again. Knowledge and faith are two different things. Faith can feed on knowledge. I'm not saying it doesn't. But the fact that your head is full of knowledge does not mean you have faith. That's why Jesus said, You said the scriptures. The Pharisees were good at it. The scribes lived on the scriptures. They lived on the scriptures. So much did they know it, alright? That when the wise men came, they called them and said, Where would the king that were expecting to be born? They opened the Bible and showed them to be in Bethlehem. Head full of knowledge. Yet when the king when they met the king, they crucified him. So the fact that your head is full of knowledge does not mean your faith is big. Let's bear that in mind. One of the things that boosts our faith is when we always show that sense of value. Because faith, see, the truth is at the end of the day, it's a gift of God. The Bible talks about faith by the Spirit. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Faith by the Spirit. God can impart faith into you or withdraw faith from you. He withdrew faith from Pharaoh, from the whole of Israel, he said, prevent them from understanding. As I have prophesied that it became dull in their hearts. God can pump faith into you. He doesn't do it arbitrarily. That's what I want to bring out. He doesn't just do it arbitrarily. It's not a game of chance. One major reason he pumps faith into your heart is when you show him it matters to you. I told you many years ago, when my salary in a month effectively was 700 naira. I bought a Bible that was between two fifty and three hundred. I'm not very sure. I think two seventy. Thereabouts. Anyway, between two fifty and three hundred. Let me not give wrong values. When my colleague heard, he saw me, that he rejoiced and said, "Ah, oh boy, you are looking like you won the jackpot." What happened? I said, "They just delivered my Bible." He said, "Oh, they delivered your Bible? That's why you're dancing like this?" He said, "By the way, how much did you buy it?" I think I told him. I think it was two seventy. Not very sure. But let's just take two fifty, to make it easy. Now bear it in mind. I was starting a whole month. Officially, it was about 900, but we were getting like 700. For certain reason, they were making some mistakes in some things. So at that time, we were receiving 700 naira a month, and I told somebody, I paid 250 naira thereabout for my Bible. You don't blame him when he said, let me be honest with you, my guy. He said, I hope you won't be offended. I think you've gone mad. He said, it's in pidgin. He said, black, he's he on the crazy. You don't blame him. I mean, think about it. That's one third of your monthly earning to buy one book. And he couldn't understand. Normal Bibles were 15 naira. You could get a good Bible, complete 10 naira those days. So, you spend one third of your monthly income. The guy thought that was mental. So, you don't blame the man for saying that. But what I'm trying to bring out is what Bishop Udeco used to say those days. He said, your sense of value determines the flow of virtue to you. Many times we relocate from one country to another. Why? We want our income to improve. We want our standard of living to improve. I'm looking forward to the day when Christians will relocate because this place, I will hear good word there. I will have the freedom to learn. I will have the freedom to worship. This is the interesting part. When white people started going to the United States, we were looking for freedom to worship. That's what they were looking for, a lot of them. They were tired of the state telling them what to do. That's why in their constitution it was written There must be a separation between church and state. You know, law is very fun. You can twist it anyhow, not letters. The spirit with which they wrote. Now, Americans are trying to say, no, you cannot legislate. That is, um, the, the state cannot support Christianity. No, that's not what they were trying to say. Before, like if you were in England, you had to be, first, we were Catholic until King Harry quarreled with the Pope for not allowing him marry the woman he wanted to marry. So he declared the church in England an independent church, away from the Catholic Church. Automatically, every citizen stopped being a Catholic. If you were, you were persecuted. Everybody had to follow what the state said. You're Christian. If the if the state religion says you baptize infants, you can't preach that you don't. If the state religion says you don't, if you baptize an infant, they send you to prison. Are you getting my point? So a lot of people were persecuted. So they packed their bags, found out there was a new country. So they packed and went there so they could worship freely. So when they were writing their constitution later on, they made it clear. In this country, the government will not tell us how to worship. So they wrote it down. They would have, they will not make any law that regulates worship. That's the reason. But I have not turned it now that you can't pray in schools. <laughs> that was not the aim. They, 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 they want, in fact, they prayed in schools. They declared days of thanksgiving. Just that you couldn't tell us which church to go and which church not to go to. What I'm going to say is that I'm looking forward to the day when Christians will actually take their faith so seriously. That it will be the first thing when they are considering location. It will be the first thing when they are considering migration. It will be so crucial to them not what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and with what shall we clothe ourselves. Like I say all the time, my preaching is not about where you go, where you don't go. It's why you are going. Your why must be spiritual. Your why, the reason, must be that which you can present before the Lord. And it shows to Him that you trust Him and you love Him. And it's the primary reason why you are doing what you are doing. We need to take our faith more seriously. So, we're looking at it, how do we build our faith so that it will be robust? Remember, when Peter lost faith in the presence of Christ Jesus, began to sink. Many people who are having troubles in life, they become a negative testimony against obedience to God. Because they began something by faith, but they want to not complete it in the flesh. Do you get my point? They now perish in the wilderness. And when those who don't understand, when they begin to write the stories, they will say, it's dangerous to follow God. No, it's not dangerous to follow the Lord. It's just that if you begin, you must finish. Paul said, having begun in the spirit, how do you want to complete it in the flesh? If you leave Egypt with the power of God working with you, you must follow that power of God into the promised land. Otherwise, you perish in the, in the wilderness. And you will perish by the hand of the Lord. It's so important we understand it. So many people, that's what happens. Listen, the fact that you started something by faith does not mean it will work Unless you continue by faith. That's what the Bible calls patience. It says, let's be followers of those who through what? Faith and Patience, because if you lose faith along the line, it's as if you never started with faith in the first place. That's why I say anytime I you want to walk with God, first die first. That is the day you make up your mind, you give your life to Jesus Christ, say, I have died. Say, Lord, if you say I should be poor, poverty is my portion. Do you get my point? That is, if you say I shouldn't have any great name, fine. Lose everything in your mind first. Because that's the only thing Satan tries to use to tempt people. It's always the same thing, loss of the eyes, loss of the flesh, and the pride of life. So take your eyes away from anything that can take you, from day one. Let me say something again, don't ever look out for the reward of service. I need to say that to Christians again. If you are serving God, never ever put your eyes on the reward. If you do, you will be discouraged. If you do, you will backslide. If you do, you will walk away from him one day. You must never put your eyes on the reward of for service. Let me say it again. Don't think that if I go to church long enough, God will do this for me. He won't. You will stop going. Once I was somebody, supported something to me. Somebody giving a testimony how she was sick. I just say, which pastor said God has to have special mercy on us. There's a special council of mercy meeting in heaven right now for pastors. Otherwise, we will have trouble. Now, I'm not saying there's really a special counsel. I'm just wishing. Why am I saying so? Some of the things we do to the congregation of the people of God is evil. Somebody said that uh, when she was sick, she began to pray and she reminded God of all her services in his house. Ah! Ah! And they printed it. First, many of those testimonies are lies. I hope you are aware. I'm sorry. I mean very Bible say test all things. I test testimonies very well. People will finish some testimony when they finish, I say it didn't happen like that. I say, but you were not know there, it doesn't matter. It was, it didn't happen like that, that's all I know. And sometimes we tend to reconstruct things to fit what we have in our minds. And like, you know the pulpit you are coming to hear the testimony. As me, I'm taking testimonies here. Now you have to shock shook Pastor Banky's name inside somewhere. Otherwise, nothing for you again. So that day, even if it doesn't concern me, you have to put my name because Hey, I'm the boss here, yeah, man. And all my guys know that uh, you climb our pulpit, you don't magnify <laughs> our daddy bishop. Ah, you're in trouble. <coughs> These are the foolish things we do as believers that make people tell lies. Somebody's going to one particular church, maybe he had Ken Hagin preach, and what Ken Hagin preach was what blessed him or her. But when he comes to that church, say, Praise the Lord. <laughs> That morning I first put in Pastor Banky. then I listened to Smoke and Higgin, then Pastor Banky said, he's he <laughs> just does. You know, it's Pastor poop piece now. It's, How man go do? Sometimes we so reconstruct, that, so, that's why we, sometimes we tell testimonies that are not true. I heard that, I read that testimony that day, I said, you told God this one. Well, He probably still healed you, maybe you said it, but the reason why He healed you is not this reason. Because, you know, God is very kind. You can say 20 things of which 19 are very stupid and very wrong. You say one that is right. He will just look, use that one as an excuse and bless you. You now go and quote the 20 that you said. He will be looking like, ha! They say, don't worry. Now small picking they worry like we say in Nigeria. Listen, if you ever want to serve God, never. Let me just say it to you again today. Don't put your eyes on what you will get. If you do, you are begging for disappointment. Now your type they backslide. One the day, man told me he saw me carrying. Yeah, those days, those days I was telling him when I was buying my Bibles like that was my senior at work. He saw me carrying the Bible up and down, you know, stuff carrying Christian books. So I said, "This man, are you a Christian?" I said, "Yes." He looked at the things I was carrying, looked at the books, he said he used to be like me, but he has stopped because it wasn't worth it. I looked at him. I said, "Chief, that's what we call our seniors in medicine." I said, Chief, what was not worth what? The English is plenty. I said, Chief, what was not worth what? Because I couldn't understand what was not worth it. You are in front of me. You are breathing. You are alive. That alone is worth everything. I said, sir, what was not worth what? What? It's simple. He felt that doing righteousness is a favor is doing to God. That's what happens. You are in school, boys are doing all kinds of things, they are enjoying themselves in quotes, drinking poison on a regular basis, and you didn't participate. And you now think you are doing it for God. Once well, somebody told me that he didn't think it was fair for people like Chris Okote to give their lives to Christ and say go to heaven. In fact, he felt it was cheating. Why? Because Chris Okote was the original bad boy. He was known for all kinds of fleshly indulgences. He testified about it himself. The man, you know, of course, got involved in all kinds. And he was making a lot of money as a young boy. A young student, living in Federal Palace Hotel and going to school in University of Nigeria, Nuku campus here. And then, after rocking life. You know what they call rocking life? rocking life well, you know? It was the two-face of his days. The David Doe of his days. And the one they said, give his life to Christ. So somebody said that it's not fair. That some of us, we, got, we gave our lives to Christ early. We denied all those things. Now, we and him, will now go to the same heaven. <laughs> as if he enjoyed the best of both worlds. I told the fellow who was telling me, I said, "It's because you call what he was doing enjoyment. It's because you call it enjoyment." A man was drinking poison on a daily basis, poisoning himself, poisoning his destiny, indulging his flesh, drinking of evil spirits, and at night he never slept well. You did not know that. The same Chris who quoted later on, we didn't know then. Was later on I heard the testimony. That those nights, the greatest desire of his life would be to commit suicide. He was living in a high, you know, the top suites in Federal Palace Hotel. And he would open the window and he would want to jump out and end everything. But foolish young boys and young girls are seen that these are people who are enjoying. They don't realize it. <laughs> I said, listen, it is not God you are doing a favor when you are living righteously. It is yourself. Speaking of even on the, in the medical level, you are poisoning your own body by iniquity. Madness. That's what is happening. Many people, they, they discover what is wrong. That they have lived wrongly when it's too late. Many of them start regretting. There's one man ahead, I, I, I don't know his name, but was an American, I think, basketball, a like sports star anyway. His reputation was, it made Solomon look like a joker when it came to women. Solomon had not started where this man went to. But you know the truth, at the end of the day, he gave a testimony. Not because he was a Christian. Just looking back at life. You know what he said? That his reputation was that he slept with 4,000 women. How he did it, don't ask me. But you know what he said with his own mouth? He said he has discovered that it was vanity that it would have been better if he slept with one woman 4,000 times. And I said, look, is that not what the Bible told us? Many of you, Look, there's a book I read lo, lo, very uh, that is many years ago, more than 25 years ago. Please Love Me, that's the name of the book. If you can get, find it, I, I can't remember the name of the author. But it's a testimony, a Christian woman, all right, giving a testimony of how she got converted and all of that. The title of the book was Please Love Me. You see many things people are doing. They are crying for acceptance. That's why I tell young girls. Stop following these confused people on Instagram. They are sad. They are unhappy. They wish they could be like you. But you don't know. You don't know. You think they are happy. They are not. They are pretending. That's why if you take them off their Instagram picture... Put them in hot water and bring them out. You won't recognize what they are saying. It's all makeup, fake this, fake that, fake that. The only thing they have is skin deep. And they put it in front of your faces. Those are used to magazines. Does anybody still buy magazines anyway? It's not Instagram and Facebook. You think King shan is happy? That's why they outdo themselves in nakedness. Is listen, listen. It's crave for acceptance. That's what that woman in that book said, please love me. That the things they are doing, we are begging for love. These are girls that their fathers have never heard them close and say, you are beautiful. They've never felt it. So every, every man that looks at them twice is telling them they are fine. So they can't control themselves anymore. And you see blessed people looking at them with envy. How can you look at them like that with envy? If they give them the opportunity, they will trade places with you. But nobody's giving it to them. Some of these girls were sexually abused by their own parents, by their own father. They don't trust anybody in life. The only thing that gives them purpose, it seems, is walking naked. But you see, young people don't understand. They think these are they are not stars. They are confused creatures. Looking for anything that will give them a sense of value. One girl I saw the other day, for time I stumbled into her story. And I look and I say, ha. Huh? Moron. I said this girl, what kind of moronic behavior is this one? Says she wanted to she pose naked. Nigerian posing naked. We don't do such things. For us, she doesn't. <laughs> on one particular day, she went and posed, she went to a studio and took pictures, stuck naked and put them on Instagram. You know, when I read her story, I said this girl. With a model. Then she, of course, it backfired. You know Nigerians now? They finished her. Yes. Abused. Sent her into depression. (laughs) Unfortunately. Listen. This is your phone. Don't let it kill you. Let me just tell young girls. No guy, even if he wants to marry you tomorrow, he says you take a picture of yourself and send to him. Say no. I will send it tomorrow. After the wedding. Only. Because once you hear check on this thing, you've lost control. You've lost control. That's what one pastor will do now, one part of the world, I won't say oh, I won't say whether oh, it's no village or Israel's <laughs> neighborhood, I won't tell you. You went out you know, when the Bible says listen, it's good to do what is right. Even if you're alone, if you are in secret, just do what is right because you don't know God is looking. And if God exposes you, eh? The pastor, he stood, he looked, you know, naked, took a picture of himself and sent it to one woman in church. And said, Madam has traveled. This is yours for the weekend. And he was the pastor of the church, of a church, where the other woman is a member. Except that she, <laughs> Wazab never do delete for all that time. She mistakenly, he mistakenly sent it to the church chat group. <laughs> The church had a church group. The man, just fall into the child. I and mean, even if you folded yourself, naked, they will say no mistake. You put him under, my madam don't travel. <laughs> no, God wanted to expose him. They said, they were saying, no, it's not the devil. God has been warning him for a long time. This is your Urugu. <laughs> true story, not a joke, true story. By the time he found out, the whole church... He shot himself. Took a gun. Shot himself. He killed himself. Seriously. I don't feel like dropping that. Be careful. Please, just get away from some of those things. Don't be, stop making idols of confused creatures. They shouldn't be your stars. There's only David said, he said the godly ones of this earth, they are my heroes. The godly ones, the saints of God, they are my heroes. On want to follow people on Instagram, on Facebook, on um, Twitter. Follow those who drop wor- words, nuggets of truth, nuggets of godliness. They drop it for you on a daily basis. That's how you build your faith. Very important. I don't know why I even got into that. Let's be careful who we follow. Okay, I remember I got into that now. Somebody said to me that time that <laughs> Chris will to you. Was enjoy- he wasn't enjoying. You don't know what he was going through. He was confused. He was sad. And if he didn't give his life to Christ, he would have seen the result of it. Probably would have dropped dead one day. Prince, that is, the musician Prince, one of the soc- most successful, and most, till now, is still considered possibly the most talented musician of all time. Just like Whitney Houston, is still considered the most you know, they had having the most beautiful voice ever recorded. Whitney Houston had the voice. Pull it from low, pull it to high. The person who, who brought her to limelight said he needed to hear her only one time. She was singing in a club. They just called him say, said, please, there's one girl you need to hear. He said he heard her once and she was going places. Whitney Houston. That's how good this girl was. You know what killed her? drug overdose. Within stories, the Houston stories, a bad story. Church girl, her voice training was given to her by B.B. Winans. She said, church girl. Oh, you don't know. That voice we we're talking about was trained by B.B. Winans. I heard it from her mouth herself. He said, oh, my secret is out. Then somebody lied to her that those in the world are the ones enjoying. Hey. And she met new edition. What is his name? Bobby Brown. And boy Brown said, come on, let me show you life on the other side. And the girl said, no problem. She was four years older than him. By the time they met, she ha- he had three children from two women. He was in his early 20s. But she wanted to look at life on the other side. I don't know if they know what happened. She was addicted to drugs. The guy, the guy was smoking the bowl from his mother's home. You! <laughs> By the time Baby Brown was done with her, she was dead. And he's still alive. Because God looked at them differently. This is not what I called you for. Yeah. Yeah. What she thought was a good life. Before she died, she was broke. I forgot that part of it. The most talented voice, the most beautiful voice on the earth was broke. And they found her dead, I think in her bathtub. With cocaine and all kinds of things in her system. A few years later, her daughter died in exactly the same way. You want to tell me they're enjoying? I like my life like this. I like my life like this. You want to call it enjoyment? This afternoon, to stay awake was a problem for me. So I put, I was trying to get the message that Israel gave me ready. I, I mistakenly sat on the bed to do it. I was hearing the message with background music. You know, the, the background music was my own snoring. <laughs> Honestly, I was alone in the house. Everybody had gone up. My children are not around. My wife went out. She went there. So only me, the dog was outside. So <laughs> was in the room. Next, I was just hearing, and I was enjoying the music with somebody rapping in front of me. it's my voice I was hearing, and my throat was giving the background music. 30 minutes past. When I woke up, I say, yeah, that was no music. It was a wrongly placed neck. That's what they call peace of mind. That's what they call enjoyment. That's what they call enjoyment. That's what they call enjoyment. I, I traveled for the other day for a total of, of 10 days. And every day I was missing my wife. Every day my wife was missing me. That's what they call enjoyment. I don't have to hide. That's what they call enjoyment. I get a new device. A new phone, they say okay, register fingerprint. It'll be four of my fingers and one of my wife's fingers. So anytime she wants to use my device, she swipe her finger to open up. That's what I call enjoyment. That's what I call enjoyment. I can leave my phone and it rings. I say, Please check who is calling. Tell the person I'm coming. That's what they call enjoyment. I don't take phone calls. If I take phone calls in the bathroom, my wife knows I'm planning a surprise for her. So I've spotted the surprise. When you see me hiding to take phone calls, you say, ha, my husband is planning a surprise. That's what I call what? Enjoyment. I was telling you about Prince. Exceedingly talented physician, a musician. Exceedingly talented. From the records they have, they can continue releasing albums of Prince for the next 10 years. The music he did, they're still inside there. Those who have worked with him say, the guy is so talented. He'll just sit down and he could play almost anything. Guitar he will play, drum he will play, piano he will play, anything he will play, flute, everything. So only him can po- compose and produce music. So sometimes he will do some things that are so fantastic. Everybody say, like, wow. Then he will come and erase it. See, it's nonsense. And they're like, oh, God, that was the best thing we ever had. He said, no, it's not good. He will start again. His, whole, his house was a massive studio. He lived there all alone with his wife. I don't know whether it's his wife or partner. I don't know who's who these days. Anyway, (laughs) they went in his own house. He entered the lift, and never came out. He was living alone. It took them a while. Where's Prince? Where's Prince? They found him in the lift. He was dead. Why? Overdose of fentanyl. It was from him I knew that they were already dosing fentanyl. I didn't know fentanyl was even a drug of addiction. Last I knew when I was still, I mean, when we were still students, and when we, when we I used to go to theater as a young doctor, that's when I saw anesthetists give fentanyl to patients who they can't, they can't push, they can't anesthetize them so very deeply because maybe their heart is not strong or something is wrong or they don't want the, something to relax too much. So they keep the gas a bit light. But so what if the patient wakes up? You know, you paralyze the patient. He wakes up and you are cutting him. You know, he can't shout for pain, nothing. So, you know what they do? They give fentanyl. So, when they load the patient with fentanyl heavily, even if you wake up, you won't feel a thing. That's what I need to use fentanyl for. And that way, they control, of course, there's a, there's a machine there, or their hand, controlling your breathing. That's, that, I never knew fentanyl was used for anything outside there. Until I heard they killed Prince. I said, "Well, is he an anesthetist? <laughs> they said, no. He a drug of abuse. I said, are you serious? That drug is many, many more times more deadly than heroin. Oh yes, that's why he killed him. You take too much of it, you stop breathing. You won't breathe for one hour. And of course, whoever does not breathe for ten minutes is dead meat anyway. Talking about one hour. So he took too much of it while he was alone, he collapsed and he died. And you are telling him he's he won't enjoy. It. Reference I like to give all the time, Michael Jackson. Young people I mean, <laughs> when we're children, people cut their trousers to look like Michael Jackson. Wear socks like Michael Jackson. Wear sunshades like Michael Jackson. I don't know which school you went to. You didn't learn how to do backsliding? (laughs) Only one of my friends succeeded in standing on his toes like Michael Jackson. I had only one guy, I know, that could do the three point twist of Michael Jackson. Turn his head, turn his trunk, turn his legs. Everybody wanted to be like Michael Jackson. When a man bleaches himself to that color, he thinks it's because he's happy, it's because he's dissatisfied with life. When he keeps reconstructing his nose until he can't stay there by himself, something is wrong. I've had this nose for a very long time. <laughs> no desire to alter it. Like I always say, it's too late now. i already married with it. When I was single, maybe I will have twisted the nose. But right now, I like the nose the way it is. And they wanted to say Michael Jackson could not sleep. Why couldn't he sleep? I don't know. And they hired a doctor at the cost of $200,000 a month to help Michael Jackson sleep. And at the end of the a few weeks, Michael Jackson was dead. And you telling me he's enjoying? No. God is my witness. I don't envy whiskey, Davido because I understand what money is. Solomon said, we had it. We spent it. Only to discover is what? Vanity. So what are you talking about money? He said, I had money. I had money. That is, there was nothing doable that I did not do. The lazy people say that, "Ah, I want to go to Europe so I can see snow. Solomon said, I went to Europe, I saw snow. Then I came back home, built machines that were sprinkling snow in my palace. I built vineyards. I redirected rivers. What did I not do? Ah, and I had wisdom. I knew life inside out. At the end of the day, I realized that everything is what? Vanity. Everything is emptiness. So it's like pursuing after the wind. That's why I will tell you something. Don't change your job simply because somebody's going to pay you more. Find out what exactly you want to go to the next level. What, What door is God opening for you in the next level? Stop pursuing vanity. Soaring up and down because of material things. It's vanity. I won't say vanity. That's not, that's not self-consolation. That's reality. That's reality. That's reality. So if you think it's because of the house you have, now you're not sleeping well, ask yourself, what kind of house did Michael Jackson have? Why couldn't he sleep well? So if you're not sleeping well, it's not in your house. I mean, I said one day we we're going to my That's the day I realized, I don't know. God, you have to help us. And we saw two men after around three o'clock under a flatbed bed truck. On the ground, they put a mat under the truck. And were blowing past and they were fast asleep. So if you are not sleeping well, you get your own problem. It's not the house you are living in. It's not even the noise from your neighbor. Because these guys they had neighborhood trucks, neighborhood cars, you know, few, few. The men were asleep. I looked at them and said, so what is my problem? What is my problem? They were sleeping on that, the truck. Sometimes, I, oh, instead you be like little children. Sometimes I look at my children. Ha! Huh? I say, just me, and especially their mother, that's spoiling these people. Could <laughs> be worried that uh, maybe they are not feeling comfortable. I will get to the sitting room like this. They are watching TV. Everywhere is hot. The window is closed. The fan is off. So I ask them, like, wait, why is the window closed? And they look like, mm, is it closed? <laughs> then you look at them. Why is the fan not on? Mm, there's a fan. <laughs> and you see them sitting down, they're relaxed. Some of them would like to cause trouble. Maybe the leg will be on the leg of another one. They just sit down, balance like they're watching TV. Are hey, even not hot? They will actually say no. And I realized, look, they are very comfortable. You look closely, they are sweating, but it doesn't bother them. (laughs) I said, they will soon grow up now and start complaining like me. After I have forcefully made their life comfortable, they will not be addicted to the comfort. As I said, they say we have to be like little children. So, daddy, my friend said, some people they enjoyed it. I said, Did they didn't enjoy it. People were suffering. They were suffering under the yoke of Satan. Any man who leaves his wife at home and then runs to go and carry a harlot is under a yoke. It's a yoke. Do you understand? Say, so, I mean, one of my friends, a pastor in this town, called one day we we're just in, my wife was there, came to our house. Tell us, we're just talking stories. Okay, we went out together to hang out together. Say no stories. You know, about a man who claimed to be a preacher, who went to go and collect power from dark places. Make a long story short. Anytime he goes to operate, you know, there's a car there, your car number is A1225, all those kind of things. When he's done, an urge to carry a harlot will come upon him, and he'll go out and go and collect a prostitute. Supposed to be a preacher. I said, that guy is very foolish. All for what? To build a house? To buy a car? It's the last operation he had in Abuja like that. He came back home with three cars. At the end as he's arriving, he will go and look for a harlot. Yoke. Bondage. Bondage. Ah, bondage. He wants to be free. He's not enjoying. He wants to be free. So he ran to my friend and said, please help me. I told my friend, I said, tell him that his deliverance is not hard. If he built a house from the operations, he should set it on fire. Park the cars in front of the house, pour petrol on all of them, move back, throw fire into them. When they burn to the ground, the demons will leave him. He doesn't even need prayer. Just say, Lord, I'm tired. Gather everything. First withdraw the money from the bank. So that I don't waste federal government money. But he's will buy something. So can I put it inside the house so I can burn it too? If you waste the currency, it's not good. We are using our currency. Our currency does not have your evil in it. Okay? <laughs> okay, do online purchase. Buy the latest 72-inch curved organic OLED TVs. Put them inside. And pour petrol. And let it burn. When it reaches the ground, you find that the spirits will have left you. I See these people doing all sorts of things. They are not enjoying. They're in bondage. They're in bondage. They are bound. They want to be free. Many of the girls, young one of the many of the slave queens and young, you know, uh, uh, internet, what they call them, Instagram influencers that young girls are following. They are in bondage. Bondage to show off their body. Oh, you don't see. There is no bad habit that that does not have a spirit. I'm serious. It starts as a small bad habit, then it becomes a compulsion. Once it becomes a compulsion, an evil spirit has taken over. I mean, I studied basic psychology those days as a junior medical student. You know what the world has done now? The world has turned madness into normal things. When I was a young medical student, they taught us about disorders of sexuality, sexual behavior. We learned a lot of disorders. You learn things like, tell, there's what they call exhibitionism. You no know, exhibitionism, you know what it means? They have to show themselves to somebody and they get gratification from it. And it's a compulsion. Make all the laws you want to make, they'll still do it. Some people get their own sexual gratification from pain. Very common amongst white people. Nigerians have no, black people, our own demons are different. (laughs) White people's demons, very different. They have some funny demons. You see somebody pay somebody to slap him. I'm serious. They call it BDSM. That is summary, that's the short for it. Bondage, dominance, uh, sadomasochism. So, where they are sexual pleasure, when you get there, you think it's a torture chamber. You think you see a torturing Islamic fundamentalist in Guantanamo Bay. What do you find? Shackles. Roman whips. And the man pays, oh. And the girl will shackle him and beat him. It's demonic. Some people, they get their own from seeing other people suffering. So you see the man drive, very commonly, a place like America, just kidnap somebody for just... You know, one white man, he lives somewhere in Nigeria. His colleagues at work said that, yeah, you know, going back, I think he's from Europe or from America. He said, no, why should I go back? There is summer all year in Nigeria. That likes Nigeria like that. So he went and imported an Asian wife. So he has an Asian wife. He's, I think, an American. He lives in Nigeria, south-south, around Portakot area. So they asked him, they said, what about the crime in Nigeria? Ah, he laughed. He said, the crime in Nigeria is economic. <laughs> he said, what about kidnapping? He said, ah, you pay them, they let you go. He said, my country, when you are kidnapped, you are dead. He said, the man will kidnap you, and just for the sheer pleasure of it, will be cutting you to pieces. He said, if they kidnap you in Nigeria, it's money. Your wife will wire them 10 million naira. You are free. Then you go out. After your wife I'm adding my own words. I didn't say this. You can negotiate. Say, guys, no need to kidnap. Every end of the month, go and collect your kidnap money. Your ransom money. Your ransom money is over there. <laughs> now, what am I talking about? He said, no. The said, that's when you're talking about crime. He's not afraid of Nigerian kidnappers. He said, no. That He says they are economic criminals. They are looking for money. He said, in my own country? No. The guys who commit crimes, they don't need your money. They just shoot you for the fun of it. So the one that happened in El Paso a few days ago. A guy drove 400 kilometers thereabout, or 400 miles, from Dallas, all the way to El Paso. Unfortunately, Texas has a, an open carry law. You can carry your gun openly. So he put his AK 47 on his shoulder and walked into Walmart. And started shooting. And then he had gone down 20 people. Eventually, killed about 22. He went his car, left, police stopped him, he put up his hand. It says fighting Latino invasion. A man saw them doing party. He carried 12 guns in Las Vegas, had a room high above the party area, locked the door and started shooting into the party place, killed like 50 something people. He would have killed more except that when he was going, one guard noticed him. So when his shots rang out and police arrived, he said, no, I, I remember one funny human being. So they went straight to his room. Otherwise, he had 12 guns there, all loaded. About twenty thousand Americans are killed every year by gunfire among citizens. Does not include those who go to rob. Talking about those who just shoot people for the fun of it. America had two mass shootings within twenty four hours. These are demon possessed people. They're all over the place. Many of these demon demonized creatures are on Instagram teaching young girls how to dress. You think she's showing her breasts because of... She doesn't know you, but she doesn't show it. she can't sleep. You think it's fashion. It's not fashion. It's demonic oppression. She wants to sleep. The demon will say, ah, only 25,000 men have seen your breasts today. What will happen the rest of the night? No, you're laughing. Do you know what? She can't sleep. She can't sleep. She goes, logs onto her page. How many likes? Only 300 likes. Oh no, she will strip. Pause again. Then she will start sitting down watching the likes. As her patrons all over the world are clicking like. Like, 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 Are you a young fellow on campus trying to belong? And you are following her, drinking of her spirit. I probably understand what you are dealing with. It's a crazy world out there. The Bible says the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. It's a crazy world out there. Crazy. Crazy. Crazy people. Demons, these guys, they come, look, they come in all sorts of ways. Look. I know I began this, I believe I ministered to people, but I (laughs) I went on in that time, in that direction. Off into that tangent. Time to explain that. Listen, let's have God with the whole heart. I was afraid of the man who said that he was not worth it. You know, that's where I began from. And I looked at him and I said, what was not worth what? <laughs> they are delivering you from demonic oppression. He said, Christianity was not worth it because you think you are doing God a favor. Because you don't fornicate, you don't commit adultery, you don't steal, you don't cheat. God said, okay, let's, let's do something. I'll give you 48 hours to go and do all of it. See what, how it will affect you. God okay, oh, 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 you are doing me a favor. You are doing me a favor. Okay, go outside. Commit everything, then come back in 48 hours. Let's make a deal ahead of time. You will live with the consequences. I won't forgive you anything. I won't repair any damage. If your brain twists in the process, you shall live with a twisted brain. and I'll make sure you live long. So that people can be pointing at you as an example of how not to behave. I've said the many 419 boys that you are seeing around, all these Yahoo boys, some of them will not die. Some will, a lot will die, most will die. By the time they are 30, 35, they will be gone. But there are a few that God say, no, no, don't die, you can't die. He will beg for death, God will say, no. Ah, how will I teach young boys how not to behave? So, and you will have taken good pictures. MMM (laughs) Guida. You will have taken all kinds of pictures. And I've stored them for you. On the web. They will see be alive 30 years later. And I'll make sure everybody knows this is you. And this was you. So when when parents in the morning, at morning devotion, they want to show their children how not to behave. <laughs> he said, do you know Sarko? <laughs> <laughs> alampo you know him? He said, I, I, I didn't know. I, let me show you a picture of him when he was raining 30 years ago. He'll show you with your fine cars and your fine babes. And your fine jewelry and your pictures from from Lagos, Abuja, Switzerland, Cape Town, you know, Las Vegas, you know, San Antonio, all over the world. And I show you now, before and after. He <laughs> said, Ah, that is what happened. He said, Unrighteousness does not pay. My children, let us pray. Jesus' name we reject unrighteousness. Amen. We will not be like Sarko in Jesus' <laughs> Some criminals will not die so that God can use them to teach the next generation how not to behave. What's God say? Your righteousness is for your own good. It's not for my good. You are the one being blessed. You are the one being saved. It's your destiny I'm preserving. Let's get back to our message, I beg. Like I said, that's a, that's a side trip. Let's get to the real substance for today. We read some scriptures, right? Which one did we read? Psalm 118, yes, and we also read Matthew chapter 7, and then which other one? Okay, yes, yeah, so I brought out, okay, let's get back to it. So what we are doing is, the matter of building our faith, our faith is very important, we must build our faith, we must walk in the will of God, we must. God wants to bless us, he wants to manifest himself in us and through us, he wants to do that. But we said that without faith, it is impossible. So how do we build our faith? We deliberately build our lives. that's what we've been saying, is what? Deliberate. Deliberate. We deliberately build our lives in a number of areas: how we interpret things, what we expect our lives to be like. As part of that, what we expect to have in life. Last time we talked about the fact that we don't take God's word. We don't break into pieces. We walk with God totally. What do I mean by that? It is not as if, I mean, I mean, the, let's assume the will of God is like a car. Because you don't know what exactly is supposed to do initially. Don't remove the, the windscreen. Don't remove the tires. Drain the fuel. The day you need it to move you from one place to the other, it's no longer be working. And that's what's happening a lot of times. People have cannibalized the word of God. They have disintegrated the word of God. It's in pieces. But they now want it to work. It doesn't work. We take the word of God totally. If you go and read Numbers chapter 14, also, I think in Joshua also, the same, script, the same experience was narrated. Caleb, the Bible says, he followed God fully. God said, Caleb followed me fully. That is, he took everything I said and he swallowed it entirely. And the application for us is that the word of God has different aspects. We must follow the word of God fully.